No, oh, we're back once again. The Dead Set Legends first show of 2023. Great to have your company there, Adelaide. Oh, and here he is. He's been everywhere, this man. We are lucky that he's put away three hours to just uh, sneak us in. Mr. Media, we're calling him. Uh, Triple M Cricket, Willow Talk, Channel 7, Channel... No, Channel 9. I probably shouldn't mention that, actually. Callum Ferguson, hello, mate. How are you? Hello, Tomo. We're back, mate. How good is this? <laughs> Can't believe it. It's been a big summer of cricket, no doubt about it. I have been around. Oh, I've mate. been throwing it around it's a bit. Been doing the work. And someone called you Eddie Maguire throughout the no, week as well. No, it's a bit of a stretch, I reckon. <laughs> but uh, it is great to be back here. I'm pumped, ready for a big year. Uh, what a year it was for us last year. We were airborne oh, last year. Yeah, Tom, yeah, I don't let's want face to say it. A heap it about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is. And it's great to see our man over. Uh, um, well, Rocky's back. Yeah, well, he Let's is back. Say that. Don't worry about that. Looking a little bit plump last year, but he's been putting in the work. Tommy Rockcliffe, hello to you, brother. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Adelaide. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, good to be back. I uh, I just popped off screen there for a minute just to get your reaction. I'm uh, obviously up north at the moment uh, today, but you're a bit panicky there, Tomo, when I wasn't uh, on the screen ready to go this morning, but oh. it's going to be a huge show. He was flushed morning. in the face, let me tell you. <laughs> the heart was moving. Don't worry about that. I'll tell you what, if you, and you've shredded up there, pig. I'll tell you. You. You're looking pretty nice on screen. What's going on? Yeah, no, that's the camera in the in the studio here. I made sure <laughs> the it was lighting's a right. To, uh, yes, no, I, I decided to get back in some sort of shape. That the body was uh, expanding where it shouldn't be in the, in the waist. <laughs> Waistline there, so it was time to uh, get moving again. But uh, the old knees and stuff aren't moving as well as they used to. So yeah, I like that, mate. I like that. Hey, we have a massive show to get through today. Cannot wait. I Huge. look down and it's just a, a whole heap of buoyancy about oh, this one, yeah. Fergos. What did you play through? Obviously, no Novak Djokovic. Mm. We're hearing three centimetre tear, yeah. and he loses one set for the whole tournament and takes out the Australian Open for the tenth time. I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we buying it? No, I'm not. I played with a hamstring tear in a, a one-day season for, for Worcester in England, and I was a wheelie bin out in the field. Let me, let me give you the hot tip. Could not move. Uh, and Brad Haddon joins us after 10 o'clock. Uh, Rocky and Justin Langer as well after 11. Should be a big show. Yeah, massive cricket day today. Obviously, the BBL final as yep. well this afternoon. Indian Test Series about to kick off as well. So it's important we cover off all the cricket, and we've got Mr. Cricket himself. Yes, we Carl love that. Ferguson. He's everywhere He's out there. Yeah, <laughs> Ferguson. And there's been a whole heap of conjecture going on about the Adelaide Test, where it's going to be played, what's oh. going to happen with it. And uh, our mate, Dom Perrottet, had a bit of a crack, Fergie, so oh. we might have one back. What a battle of that bloke is, seriously. <laughs> Seven minutes <laughs> Have a listen to him. Dead Set Legends are back. <laughs> Triple M. <laughs> Triple M. Dead Set Legends. 11 minutes past and 9 o'clock. Not a bad day around the city of churches today. Going for about 22 and partly cloudy. Going to warm up as well. A little bit later on, opening up the phones after 9.30. Honeymoon disasters. I had a dead set nightmare, boys, last weekend. <laughs> I was over in Melbourne at the tennis and, uh, yeah, well, something got the better of me. Late on a Saturday night. I'm oh going to go through that uh, just after 9.30. But right now, Fergus, we've got to talk about what's going on. It's front page of the Tizer this morning. The, um, the scheduling of the Adelaide test. We don't know where it's going to be or what's going to happen. No, and Bluey talked a bit about it midweek, but there's been whispers and rumours getting around about Adelaide being the, the fifth test of the summer, which uh, in my in my mind would stink. It'd be uh, disrespectful for what we've built here as, as a destination for the day-night test. It's a marquee event. The reason for a day-night test is to have it in prime time, you know, not just here in Australia, but overseas in, in good 
time zones for, say, India, mm-hmm. um, which is a really important market. We all know that. So, uh, look, uh, to be honest, I'm filthy that it's even being considered mm-hmm. uh, because we've built such a – it is an icon now, our test match here in Australia. You know, you talk about Boxing Day test, New Year's uh, test in Sydney – which spends more time, you know, watching the rain fall and mm. the grass grow than you do actually playing cricket. But certainly um, here, it's an iconic venue. It's a destination test for people around the country. So um, to suggest that it would be the fifth test, potentially a dead rubber, is just extraordinary to me and disrespectful. Here's what Bluey had to say throughout the week on the rush. Yeah, he actually dropped this on Monday. There's a little bit of talk around about maybe a push for us to try and get the, the New Year's test match. Because so instead had... of Sydney. Yeah, okay. Would you like that? Yes. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. So imagine the test match in Adelaide starting January 3. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. Like Everyone's still in holiday mode. I don't mind that. So we spoke about this a little bit throughout the week there, Rocky, as well. And would that maybe take away the, the New Year's Eve with the with the BBL, with the Big Bash? Do you know what I mean? Like, we've had that as a marquee event as well. 40,000 people hit up that every single New Year's Eve. And then two days later, we're going to apply a test. Do you reckon it would be up to standard? Yeah, I think it would. I think it would work well. South Australian people love their sporting events. They love going to the footy. They love going to the cricket. They turn up in numbers every single time. And um, Peter Malinaskis has done an outstanding job for uh, sporting events in South Australia yep. since he's come in. I mm. don't know what he's done away from it. You two know that I don't really get into politics that much. Oh, <laughs> lives and breathes it. <laughs> absolute closet politics. <laughs> Politic lover. <laughs> But what he's done for the sporting landscape in South Australia has been amazing. And if they did get this, I think it it would be a good thing as well. And it potentially becomes the fourth test, not the fifth test. We spoke about the scheduling before. I think when I grew up, it was always Sydney was the last, the fifth test, the Mm. Steve Waugh going out um, on his own terms sort of thing. But the way the scheduling's operating now, it, it almost falls as the fourth test. Fantastic to have it in South Australia if it's New Year's. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, Rock. And, and, Look, we, we heard a bit of audio um, over the last 24 hours, um, which really, really stunk. And we'll have a little listen now. A, a, a five-day washed-out test in Sydney is much better than a five-day test in Adelaide. <laughs> um, I mean, why? Because at the end of it, you spent... At the, at, at, the, at, at the end of it, you spent five days in Adelaide. That's the Premier there Spit it out, yeah, New South Wales, uh, Dom Perrottone. Because at the end of it, you spent... At the, at the, at, at the end of it... You're at, <laughs> he's had a I mean, mare, that clown. He's had an absolute <laughs> stinker. Seriously, <laughs> get that guy off the TV, would you? Oh, we, we've heard enough of that bloke. Seriously, because again, on the national stage, you know, you've got you, you, as a premier, you've got the ability to stand up and, yep. and make a stand for whatever you want to. I mean, he just makes an absolute fool of himself there. We've got Peter Malinowski yeah, class in the same in the same, you know, couple of minutes mm. of, of airtime to the nation, all class. You know, gets his point across really clearly, crisply. Yeah. And and then, you know, with him being all class, well, Dominic Perrottet again was all ass. Yep. Like, that was dreadful, <laughs> wasn't it? Like, yep. absolutely horrific again. Trying to be funny in yep. a situation where it's not warranted. It's a serious It's a serious topic. It is, actually. We keep losing days of test cricket. And, and I think he's being trying to be witty and funny because yeah. he knows there's a serious issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the serious issue is statistically backed up here. We've got... In test matches since 1877 mm. within Australia, <laughs> seriously, this far back, <laughs> Sydney have lost 24 days of test cricket in, in its entirety. Because of rain. Because of rain. Yep. Uh, uh, Brisbane's lost eight. Yep. 
MCG six, Adelaide two, Hobart two, Perth zero. Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. got a serious issue. Now, it's not just in a national sense. Sydney extended their lead at the top of the charts for yeah. days of Test cricket lost to rain by another day this year. They're two ahead of Manchester. <laughs> They are literally. Oh no! They are literally losing more days of Test cricket than any yep. venue in international cricket. Yep. They have a serious issue up there. Okay. So, and my question is: so, what's wrong with the Adelaide Test being where it is right now? Okay, we're always going to be in the game. Okay, if it's going to be a five Test match series, we get uh, Test match number two. If we're going to take that New Year's Test, it could be three zip, and then it's a dead rubber. Do you know what I mean, Fergus? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my biggest issue with it. You send. The test match to the fifth here in Adelaide, yeah, and it could be a dead rubble when it's our most, along with Boxing Day, I think now it's the most iconic test in the in the world. Yep, day night test cricket. It's the only place that it happens every year. It's iconic, prime time TV time in Australia, and then over in India, it's fantastic timing for them, which is really important. The only time you would change it is if it becomes a New Year's test, which I don't yeah. think they're going to do because it's the pink test in Sydney. I think they'll hang on to that for as long as they can. And I think it, it stays where it is. It's no good being in the middle of January. Mm. Well said. Because at the end of it, you spent... At the, at, at the, at, at the end of it, you're like... <laughs> What's that, mate? <laughs> Triple M, it's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom are here until midday today. Morning, Adelaide. 20 minutes past 9 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The dead set legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom are here until a midday today. The preview of the BBL final tonight. Oh, we yes. get the latest out of the former Australian cricketer, Cow Ferguson. The Scorchers take on the heat. It's going to be a beauty. We'll do that before 10 o'clock. We belong together. Triple M's dead set legends. Stories from home and away. Time for home and away. Rocky, what do you got for us, son? Yes, well, we know I've, uh, I've made the move back to Queensland, so unfortunately I'm not in there every morning, Saturday morning with you guys to do the show, but uh, I am here, part of it, still part of Adelaide. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Got all the, the breaking news around there, but um, just on the on the recent times, it was a good move. Nothing, Everything sort of flowed pretty smoothly for us, and we got up here, and, and Jack started school, and, and we're away, but something's been bugging me about my time at Triple M that's just started oh, in, no. in Queensland. So I, I venture into the studios and I asked our, our boss, our producer, Tommy Basso, who's out the back there, to just make sure that I could get into the studios and could he get me a pass, a key or a fob, I think they are now. Yes, I think yes. most, most venues use fobs these days. So yep. about eight weeks ago, I reached out to him before he went on holidays, still don't have him. Yeah. So oh, that's an issue. Oh, so I'm, I'm stranded this morning trying to get in the studio down here at the Gold Coast, trying to get in, could not get in eventually wandered in somehow, followed the cleaner in and, and found my way into the studio up here. <laughs> Snuck in behind what the cleaner. cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I'm, so I said, oh, where's the fob for Gold Coast? Oh, no, that's still coming. So that's not my issue, right? Oh, so okay. that is one issue. Wow. Let's move on to the main issue here. The, the oh, red boy. tape in Australia. Oh, the, yeah. Over the nanny state, making us tick every box. I've got to go to Brisbane to collect one mm-hmm. because they will not send it to me 
unless I do a fob course. What's the round trip there, Rock? <laughs> What's that look like for it's, you? Uh, depending when you go, Fergus, it's, it's at least an hour either way. Yep. Um, in the middle of a work day, before two o'clock, I've got to get up there. Time's um, money. Are you going to be invoicing for that trip? <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. I've got work to do. I work Monday to Friday now in a, a new job. Yep. I, I'm a commercial finance broker, so I'm, I'm flat out. I'm flat out. And I have to go to Brisbane <laughs> to oh, do a fob course. <laughs> Before of course. They, before they allow me, to, yeah, like the safety, show me around the studios, make sure I know how to use a fob. Don't break a get... finger while swiping. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> do, do you know what this stinks off to me, Fergus? Go on. Is, I reckon Brisbane might have forgotten one of their own. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did, said he carried that joint for 10 Didn't years. He? And they've gone, come up for a course. <laughs> I mean, he had part ownership of the Gabba yeah. for a while. They added his name to the deed. Yep, the rock, well, the pocket. I, I did used to have the keys to the city, so I used oh. to be able to. And now you can't get a fob to a studio. <laughs> 27 away from 10 o'clock. 104.7 Triple M, Adelaide's dead set legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo Bradley Haddon is going to join us after 10 o'clock yes. today. And we want to ask a question as well shortly on, on one Triple three five three. What did you play through, uh, Novak Djokovic? Um, extraordinary effort, three centimeter tear. They reckon so. <laughs> Not having that. <laughs> Not having it at all, Rock. Seriously. Oh man. Anyway, boys. Speaking of the tennis, uh, that's where I went last weekend for yes. my honeymoon. So uh, Charlie and I uh, got married. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much, Absolutely. Rock. Absolutely. Well done. Thank you very much, Get boys. Around him, Triple M family. Appreciate that. It was um, a good wedding. It was a good wedding. I was sent, it, Rock? I sent you plenty of photos. <laughs> Wouldn't know. I missed it. <laughs> no, it was a, um, a very get the very intimate, small sort of gathering. It's a bit like a family barbecue on a Sunday, I very like good. to put it. <laughs> right, mate. So we did that in December. And um, yeah, so last weekend, we shot off to the tennis for the honeymoon. Brilliant. I know you find... How what, did you get that over the line? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Well, it was uh, it was actually a bit of a gift from Charlie's parents. Oh, okay? right. So they'd looked after us and they'd uh, been over before and they they just said, you guys will absolutely love it. Because the atmosphere buzzes around. Oh, it's glorious. Ro- uh, yeah, Rod Laver. And it's it, it actually reminds me a lot of being out the back of Adelaide Oval. Yeah. It's just so much bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the, absolutely. the music's going when the sun's out. And um, anyway, we had a, a great time. We got over there Friday and watched the watched the semi, which was brilliant. Uh, Novak played Tommy Paul, I think it was. And then we went along to the women's final and uh, got home that night and uh, enjoyed myself. Had a couple Good. of drinks. <laughs> well done. Just a couple of uh, steady ones, responsibly, obviously. And uh, of course. ventured into the crown there, Rock. And uh, Ooh, yes. as you do when you get a little bit peckish, you grab anything. You oh, grab yeah. a bloody leather boot with sauce on it if you could. <laughs> and uh, I found my way over to one of the stools there. It would have been close to midnight. And. Grabbed a uh, little bit of Indian. All right. Yeah. Hurry house. Sort strange, of. strange decision. It's always fried rice for me at that time. Well, it's a real, uh, yeah, that's a real UK number when you get over to play in England, summer of cricket. Yep. You know, that's usually every Saturday night after about 10 pots at the, <laughs> at, the, at the club afterwards, you head to the curry house. Yeah, well, I sort of had the same thinking as well and washed it down with a couple of dumplings as well, Rob. You'd be, you'd be, you'd, you'd be happy with that. This just reeks of a country boy in the big smoke for the first time yeah, and just making bad decisions that's exactly, at that time. That's exactly what I know. I was, just, I was hunting down a kebab as well, don't worry. Yes. Anyway... <clears throat> Had the uh, had the code twenty three bucks worth and absolutely did not touch the sides oh, sitting man. there in bed <laughs> and uh, seven o'clock the next morning come through and I found myself 
in the smallest room of the hotel oh, no. for about an hour. Oh, poor Charlie. And it was, it was, it was not pretty, like oh, real God. sort of gruesome setup. It oh, was, God. it wasn't good whatsoever. Strapped yourself into the Dalton and went hell for it. It got the better she of She was me. bucking. <laughs> Oh my god! And it wasn't that far away from from the bed, and I walked down, and I just saw Charlie sitting there oh. at the end of the bed. She was just staring in the mid air, thinking, "I'm locked into this for life. I'm locked in for life." And I was not good. We had the final that night. Novak Djokovic taking on uh, Tsitsipas. Yes. And uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> Or did I, mate? I was in trouble for the whole day. There was the moments where I'm just like, I've gone, I've flown to Melbourne here <laughs> to sort of a, you know, a, a, not once in a lifetime. I don't know what you call it, an opportunity it's to a go honeymoon. to the honeymoon. You to only the, do one of them, don't right, you? Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And you know, a stereotypical honeymoon. You're on the job, and I was on the <laughs> toilet, mate. Like it was just, I was just <laughs> nowhere. On the dock. Oh. I had to brace myself through the final. I was hoping it was a three-setter. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> so you've got. <laughs> Food poisoning both ends for yep. two days on your honeymoon. Yep, situation. that's right. That's <laughs> right. Poor Charlie it having was... to deal with the and... stench emanating from oh, the smallest room. And plenty of plenty of complaining as well from my end. Don't worry. <laughs> but, is uh... this a honeymoon or is this just a weekend away? <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned into just a horrendous setup for three days, to be honest. But I want to ask the question on one triple three five three. What happened on the honeymoon? Did something go wrong? Because it's meant to be a great time. Like yours that's would it. have gone off scot free. Tom's. Yeah, I can't remember a bad experience on mine. <laughs> I don't know about yours, Rock, but it went smoothly and Mauritius. I got married during COVID time, so we couldn't actually travel anywhere, unfortunately. So oh I've never had a honeymoon. Oh, right. Oh, really? You would have done that to save some dough. One triple three five three honeymoon disasters. What went wrong? Okay, we've got an incredible prize to give away here to Fergus. Samba. Two, two Samba fire and barbecue prize pack. This is brilliant. Samba, the experts. Really coming in, to, coming to the party. In fire oh. and barbecue. Make your next fire and barbecue an unforgettable one. Visit sambafireandbarbecue.com.au. Two packs to give away. One triple Best three. In the business. Oh, yeah. One triple three five three. What went wrong on the honeymoon? 9.41 is the time, 104.7, Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom and We're asking the question on one triple three five three. What went wrong on the honeymoon? Because I had a Dead Set nightmare last weekend, Rocky. I just explained the story there, Ooh. mate. But, um, yeah, a curry at the Crown got the better of me at about midnight and I was strapped to the Dalton, as Fergus put it. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a rookie error. That time of night, going for the Indian, you've just got to go for the fried rice or, or something simple, kebab if you can find one. But the Indian, you, you never know. It could be a hit and a miss. And at midnight, yeah, you, you paid the price. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't wasn't good whatsoever. You shared a little bit of a, a story in the UK. You used to do this all the time. Is oh, that yeah, right, that was a standard Sunday night after club cricket. <laughs> you, you, Sunday night, have about... 10 pints at the bar afterwards and then by about obviously. obviously that's right keeping it all low key and uh, heading into town afterwards and just before you made it to the nightclub you'd be straight into the curry house oh, that's just, are you hooking up with someone on the and, oh my god real curry smell oh, emanating come on. across the dance floor oh, what, one triple three five three what happened on the honeymoon what went wrong we got Nick from Happy Valley there Nick hello mate hey, how you going yeah, good. good what mate, happened, good. man? Uh, well, we found out that my wife was pregnant shortly before we went to our honeymoon in Fiji, and she called the worst week of her life because she had morning sickness all day long. And we had to be at the uh, breakfast bar. We had all-included all breakfast by 10 o'clock, and she barely made it there any day. 
I think you've had the best honeymoon you could possibly have. Leave her in the room, off to breakfast, off to the pub for no, lunch. Come and just bring on, her. Rock. Nice, <laughs> little, <laughs> nice little insight into the rocklets. <laughs> Poor Shana. Oh, God. Come. How's that hey, for a bit of treatment? That's the dream, oh. isn't it? Oh, my God. Hang on a second. Chingus. Sounds like Nick's a bit of a better bloke than you, I reckon, Rob. Looking Nick after said his he, poor wife. Nick agreed with me. No, no, no. I don't think you did at all. <laughs> uh, Loz from Rudits and Loz. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello. Hey, Loz. Now, Loz, we're hearing your parents had a uh, an unforgettable honeymoon. Is that right? Well, yes. And this, look, this has been passed down to me, so I, I'm going to try and get the details right. But um, they got married in the 70s. It was a real sort of... Catholic church job, and then you went back and had a barbecue at the parents' house, Beautiful. and it was very low key. But her <laughs> dad's sister Jill, and I'm I'm using real names here. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Jill and Brian. Yep, right, lock them away. Someone write them down. <laughs> old Auntie, Auntie old Jill. Auntie Jill. <laughs> Auntie Jill. So Jill was very depressed at the wedding because she'd just been dumped by her communist boyfriend that the family called oh, Boots my. because he wore big black boots all the time. Oh, <laughs> anyway, so... This that, is a honeymoon that, story, Loz. It is, I know. Look, I've got to set it up, otherwise it makes no sense. Anyway. You're like that, Ferg that, waffling on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there eventually, don't worry. Oh, yeah, you know, it's like a 30k charity walk all over again. Isn't it? <laughs> end. Um, so anyway, they she was upset and Dad's dad said to Dad, you got to take Jill with you to Tasmania on your honeymoon. And oh, no. She's upset. So they had to take Jill to Tasmania in the camper van, which was it only had a front seat. So it was just oh, the front seat no. and it was just one of them long front seats where three people could sit in the front. It was Dad driving, Jill in the middle, crying, <laughs> and my mum on the far left. Now, oh. they spent the whole trip with her. The only no. break they got was they went to the Tasmania. There's like a famous casino there. She wore a very low-cut dress. No. And the, the Japanese high roller table caught eye of her. Oh, yes. And brought her over and literally put her in the centre of the table. She didn't understand what was going on, but they were looking at her boobs all night. And she was <laughs> loving it. <laughs> and, and mum and dad went and had a quick what to do in the in the camp and then while she the, on the front with... on the front seat <laughs> <laughs> use the bed seat properly right where yeah. Jill spent most of the time yeah. yeah where Jill spent most of the time crying her tears the chair was still wet with her tears so <laughs> anyway she had a great night because they spent all this money on her and she felt better about herself oh, that's um, good I, who knows what they were saying about her. I mean, it could have been awful, but yeah. Anyway, so, Tombo, you, you carried the crown. Yeah. Nah, got the better oh. of me, Loz. Went absolutely straight through me. I'll give you the strong tip. <laughs> A few little streaks on the toilet bowl in the morning. Oh. God. And the Even afternoon, the I'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Loz. All right. See you guys. All right, mate. Thanks, Loz. Rude it's and Loz. Back Monday morning from 6 a.m. as well. Yeah, that's a tough one, that. <laughs> Imagine sitting next to poor Jill your whole, <laughs> your whole trip. Yeah, thank him. All you want to be is little rabbits on your honeymoon. <laughs> You've got the sister there sitting in between them. 104.7. Triple M.
11 minutes away from 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. It is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom are here until midday today. Brad Haddon joins us just after 10 o'clock. The Australian boys have already jetted off to yes. India. I'm looking forward to that test uh, series, Fergie. Should be an absolute beauty. But before that, we've got a big final tonight. We do. The uh, the six-month BBL that Rocky described <laughs> earlier is, is coming to a close. We've got the final tonight. It's been, it's been a long race, hasn't it? But... <laughs> What it has been, it's been an incredible tournament yep. this year. There's been so many closely run contests. Uh, we've seen a lot of last ball type operations. Uh, it's been exciting. It's been back to its best from a cricket sense. We do know that we want it a little bit shorter. We want, And what we're going to see as well with the new broadcast deal, which is enormously exciting with Seven and Fox, uh, it's going to cut back to 10 uh, home and away games, which yep. will be great. And, and no doubt it'll be the hottest ticket in town again. Um, but we've got the final tonight. And we've got the Scorchers hosting the Heat. Now, Scorchers, I think, you know, we all saw them coming. Yeah. We, we thought all the way through they were one of the best two teams. They defend their home Dunhill better than anyone. Um, I, I would have said that the Sixers were almost on par with that dry wicket up there. But the Heat found a way in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the semifinal. That was an unbelievable win against the odds, uh, against the Sixers. So the Heat come in with great form. They've won four of their last five. Uh, the Scorchers are the same. It's going to be a really good final with two of the form teams of the comp. Couldn't have worked out any better, I don't think. Incredible story for the Heat as well. I had to win their last one to get into the finals mm. as well, and to get on that run is just brilliant. Michael Nisa, I know he's a favourite of yours as well, Rocky. How good was he the other night? Brilliant. Oh, simply stunning. I'm surprised he's not in India. He's been in and around that test squad for a number of years now, but what he did the other night was sensational. When no one else could hit a boundary, he just stood there, played um, authentic cricket shots, just looked so... So good at the crease compared to everyone that came before him, the Sydney team and, and then Brisbane as well. But the Brisbane Heat's run has mm. been incredible. After nine games, they're on the bottom of the ladder. Yep. <laughs> they, yep. they were done. Yeah. And then they found a way to, to sneak into the finals, as you just said, and then win, win, win. And, yeah. and potentially win the, the whole thing. That's a really good point, Rock. They've got some nous in that group in the coaching stakes. Uh, Queensland cricket, no doubt about it. You know, you think of guys like Wade Seckham, who, who's mm. enormously experienced. But Darren Lehman, yeah. who's won one before yep. with the Heat as head coach um, Andy Bickles in that mix as well from a fast bowling standpoint it's a really experienced coaching group um, but talking about Michael Nisa uh, you're right Rock he's dead stiff not to be in India he's a, a three three pronged attack really uh, he's a great fielder and he's unbelievable with the ball and yep. the bat um, averaging mid 30s in the last three or four years of shield cricket mm. we know how accomplished he is with the bat but to see him do it on a big stage with the bat might have surprised some but not not me it, he is a guy that is clutch. He, he did it for the strikers for a long time. But what I will say is this will be an exciting contest between two really explosive lineups. We've got South Australia's, South Australia's very own Spencer yes. Johnson opening the bowl <laughs> for the Heat. How good is he to watch? Yeah, mate, superb. And how the hell did we let him go? Well, we'll get into that question. later. We're, We're going to get into that we later. We absolutely are out. <laughs> but what we have got um, is probably, I think, you know, I'm hoping it won't be one-sided uh, because we know how good the Scorchers are at home. What I will say is they've got a puncher's chance, I reckon, the Heat. Their bowling attack is electric. They've got, obviously, Spencer bowling 150, yep. Michael Nisa with all the skills in the world. Those two will line up well on this pitch over, over there in the West. It is a wicket that offers a bit to the quicks early. So I think they've got a chance. They've got two quality spinners. Uh, what will be interesting to see is who will replace Lance Morris for the Scorchers? Yep. That's a big one because they've got two guys that have been good for them through the tournament. Matt Kelly, who 
would be opening the bowling in most lineups around the country. Mm-hmm. He is he is world class, I think, in mm-hmm. T Twenty stuff. And it's just the fact of the strength of the Scorchers' attack that means he doesn't get a run regularly. And then Hatsaglu as well. He's a quality leg spinner. Um, hasn't played as much because you can only play one spinner generally over there in the West. So look, those two, it'll be between them. I think they'll go Kelly. Yep. Now the game starts at four thirty over there, Tomo. Yes. 39 degrees, oh, and we bit, have bit the off. Perth Scorchers versus the Brisbane Heat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's really like... One of the great world's great comedians, our man. It was, it was actually like a really put, like, well-put-together break. Wasn't it? You were on fire. You actually if got... You could, if you could hear a balloon <clears throat> deflating. Like you got cut short, and Rocky put his hand up. Oh, I've got something here, boy. Yep. Go, go again, Rock. Go again 30, with it. 39 degrees. He's gone. <laughs> See you, Rock. <laughs> See you, buddy. Couple of minutes past 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. Good first hour. Don't worry about oh, that. Yeah. The Dead Set Legends here until a midday today. And, Rocky, some news come out of Port Adelaide this week. Sam Power Pepper extends his contract for another two years. What a star he is. Yeah, he is. He's certainly developing. He's got his uh, he's off field. He's, he's really settled now. I think he's got another baby on the way as well. So he's, uh, he's starting to mature really nicely and a really good player. And... He's, uh, he's shifted to more that forward role, but he, he may see him again back in the midfield. So exciting times down at Port Adelaide, and, and the Crows seem to be going really well as well. So South Australian footy in for a big year, I think. Yeah, Rock, I'm, Sam Powell-Pepper in particular, I thought he stood up in games where Port were really struggling, get, got them back into the game yeah. on quite a few occasions. He, that's a good signing, I reckon. Yeah, it is, and that shows class as well and a quality player in my opinion when the when the chips are down when someone can stand up and, and put the team on their on their shoulders and carry them forward and he did that numerous times last year oh, that just stinks of uh, Rocky getting 43 when the lines were getting belted doesn't it <laughs> he just, just wedges bah. himself into thought it thought he was segueing himself beautifully there <laughs> that's uh, that was just a weekly occurrence and that's why, <laughs> that's why they've re- returned the keys as they've moved back up here that's back. not what we're hearing no we're not hearing that at all <laughs> hey, uh, the AB medal was, was last week or throughout the week, it I was. should say, and um, some oh, like, Travis Head, Triple M's very own Travis Head, that's right, runner up in the medal, which was brilliant. Smart Smith, again. oh how good! Um, but the, there was a, a little bit of humour attached to the night, and um, the the skippers, so Pat Cummings and Meg Langing, is that right? Yeah, Langing, yeah, 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 and yeah. certainly wasn't planned humour. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Um, I know all the MCG crowd wants to see that. Uh, sorry, Uzi, there is only one people's champ, it's Scotty Boland. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> um, it's actually my turn to speak. Um, if, um, yeah, just really good luck to Oh, no. <laughs> A big, big silence. That's brutal. Reminded me of one thing. The Crows won by two points. Uh, and then, of course, today, uh, Port Adelaide, they play as well. Do they? Who they got today? <laughs> you right? You don't know who they got today? <laughs> Oh, he's, he's just backed off nicely. Oh, okay, no. we're going to get. What, what's happened? I've got no idea. Our man Rock's just sort of—it's like he swallowed a fly or something. Someone check on him, please. <laughs> I was mid dumpling. I was—I was seriously concerned for your well-being there, Rock. I wasn't right, was it? I thought we were dealing with something from a medical nature. <laughs> 
104.7 Triple M. Brad Haddon joins us in the next 20. Hang around, Adelaide. Seven minutes past 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide 104.7 Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. Brad Haddon joins us in the next 10 minutes. And it's been quiet for the last couple of months, but the racial allegations at the Hawthorne Footy Club has hit the news again this week. Rock, how do you, how do you see this playing out, mate? It's a really interesting scenario we find ourselves in because you have two senior AFL coaches be stood down for a period of time from their club commitments. I don't think they could attend. I know Chris Fagan certainly didn't attend the Brisbane Lions, best and fairest, but then they're back ready to work um, first day of preseason. We were told that the investigation from the AFL would be wrapped up before Christmas. They'd have a decision. We're in February on, on the doorstep of the season and we have no, we're no clearer mm. um, as public. I'm not sure what's happened behind closed doors, but it's a really interesting scenario because you can't stand two coaches down, allow them to come back to work and then just go quiet on it. Mm. We're at the point now where Phil Egan's, he's, he did the investigation, the initial investigation at Hawthorne. Um, for legal reasons, he can't take part in the AFL investigation and say what he, um, what he found from the families, etc. in his investigations. He went to the AFL, I believe, and said, I'll take part in it, but will you pay the legal cost because Hawthorne don't want me to talk and because I signed the legal agreement. Now he, he can't talk and the AFL said they won't fund that if Hawthorne come for him. But So, Rocky, just quickly on that one. I mean, how fair income are the AFL then to get to the bottom of this and, and mm. find out exactly where, where everything stands if they're not willing to to do everything they possibly can. Well, that, this is the thing. Like, they need these answers. They need to know what's happened. And yes. um, fairly or unfairly, I think unfairly initially, um, Chris Fagan and, and Alistair Clarkson didn't take part in this investigation, but their names got dragged through the mud for, for something that they didn't even get to partake in, the, the investigation. Extraordinary they, situation, that. They didn't have a, an opportunity to respond. It, it hit the media and then it's gone quiet. And... and mm. For those two guys and the welfare manager at the time at Hawthorne, they deserve either to be cleared of all allegations, cleared so that their names aren't attached to this for, for the rest of their time in footy and their lives, which um, they deserve that opportunity. But also, yeah. if, if these families feel like th- these things took place, they deserve to be heard as well and, and an investigation to be t- undertaken that either clears them or proves that that these things happen so mm. it's really messy at the moment and, and we're no clearer like we, we deserve answers don't we as a, as a football community to this scenario oh, one way or the other 100 percent. and that's the thing you, you talk about the the names it's it's the families as well okay oh, you know you guys both absolutely. have kids whether it's kids going through school or at workplaces or whatever like there was moments there last year where we thought that fagan and clarkson may never ever coach again and i just brought up the one about jason horn francis yeah. who was you know at the the North Melbourne Footy Club, you know, with the dream coach of Alastair Clarkson and there was a window there where he could get traded back to Port Adelaide and it was right in the midst of this saga mm. and he's gone. He's back home. You can't blame him, no. to be honest, because the way the media was painting it due to the lack of 100%. clarity into what had actually taken place um, led to him thinking, yeah. well, look, I, I, maybe I just can't take the risk that I'm going to get caught up in this firestorm. Mm. I'm going to get out and go to a quality outfit yep. in Port Adelaide over the border and get myself home, and that's a much safer bet, mm. which you can't blame him. Mm. No, spot on. This is, Ferg, to answer your question before, the AFL or whoever said, um, it might have been you, Tom, I asked about if the AFL is serious about getting answers. Yeah, I don't me, think they yeah. are. I don't think they are. 
Yeah. I don't think they are because they need to find this investigation. They need to wrap it up before the season starts. Where are the AFL at at the moment? They haven't replaced um, Brad Scott in the in the footy management role that he took. Gillen mm-hmm. still hasn't got a replacement. He was supposed to be gone by now. Yep. It's been pushed back to April. Like, And, and we don't have any answers on this. Like, they, They're taking the piss mm. effectively out of the, the footy community. We need and the need... individuals, Rock. The yeah. people that are at the at the coalface of this, two individuals that have got great reputations are being hauled through the mud, Rock. Yeah, exactly. Those two, but also the families. If these allegations turn out to be factually, there needs yes. to be ramifications for 100%. it. That's right. Yeah. So it needs to be cleared up. I'm surprised it hasn't been. We got told we'd have an answer before Christmas last year. We're in February now. It's still nothing. Christmas holidays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll throw that into <laughs> it or something. Yeah. Nah, it'll be interesting, and hopefully we do get the answers pronto because it's needed. Well said, Rock. 104.7 Triple M. The Peppers, how good. Touring the country at the moment as well. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. 17 minutes past 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cal Ferguson, and Tom O'Ryan. Looking forward to chatting to this man. Yes. Over 3,000 test runs to his name and 270 dismissals, dominating the media at the moment. Oh, yeah. Triple M Cricket, he's on Fox. That's it. Willow Talk on the listener app. Bradley Haddon joins us. Hello, mate. <laughs> Morning, Legends. How are we? Ah, oh, top of the great. world. Now, Hads, we're going to start with tonight, mate, the BBL final, the, the Brisbane. And heater on a hell of a run. Can they get it done against the Scorchers, or they'll be too good? Yeah, well, it looks it looks like everything's put pointing towards the Scorchers. Home home uh, home wicket, big crowd, but uh, momentum's a funny thing in sport. And at the moment, this Brisbane Heat team ha- have a bit of belief. So, mate, if they can get their their bowling right, um, I, I think they can challenge the Heat and um, sorry, the Scorchers tonight. Yeah, I'm with you, Hads. I reckon that bowling attack it's got all bases covered, hasn't it? And it's got a, I, I feel like that attack really gives them a puncher's chance. Yeah, I agree. And they've got a bit of an X factor now with uh, Spencer Johnson. He, he had something different. He's going to make life uncomfortable for the, the first Scorchers batsman. So, yeah, I, I just think momentum is a funny thing, um, Ferg. And, and I reckon they definitely have a puncher's chance, mate. I, I'd love the Scorchers to get beaten as well. Tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> now, Hads, we, uh, we see the Australians are taking off. Usman, I think, has joined them now. He, he had a few issues yeah. with his visa trying to get over there. But uh, how do you see this playing out? Should they have played a lead-up game or have they gone the right option here? No, I'm all for not playing a lead-up game because every tour you go on to India, in oh, in layman's terms, it's a really good opportunity. Yes, you play a, a practice game, but what they do, they give you four medium paces, a green wicket, and it's nothing like what it's going, going to be in the test match. So you come to the test match, it's turning square, they've got three spinners. So you actually don't get much practice in the tour game at all. So what they've done, they've, they've, they've arrived in Bangalore, they've got a, a nice centre wicket set up. So they'll get more practice there rather than a tour game where they, they throw a, a bunch of medium paces at us. Yeah, so Hads, on that on that front, the centre wicket that they'll have at that ground that they've got, that they'll just treat that as if it's a, you know, they'll train on it for sort of four or five days and try and get it to wear like it would in a test match, will they? Yeah, 100%. Um, they'll run up and down the wicket. They'll, they'll do whatever they have to, to to get as close to the game conditions as they can. They'll, they'll have a lot of centre wickets there, um, have a lot of scenario-based training. So I actually think it makes a, a lot of sense not playing the tour game. But we do it to the English. They, they come out here and they're about to play the first test yep. of the Gabba. We send them to Darwin. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we do not apologise for that no, at all. That's right. So uh, I, I understand um, what they're doing. But I, I think we're a real chance. I, I think this team's just on the cusp of doing something really special. And the next six months is actually going to... Um, really decide where they're standing in the game is. 
Now, Hads, we're, uh, we love the Willow Talk podcast. Oh, Don't yeah. worry about that. But something did something did prick my ears a couple of weeks ago. You'd, you might have <laughs> you might have left out one of our own, Triple M's oh, very own Travis Head. Hang now, on. you were talking about this and potentially you don't have him playing at Nagpur. What the hell is going on? Well, mate, I, I, I just think oh, with the wicket at Nagpur, and that's a hard thing to, to pick a team um, in India. You actually don't know what the surface is going, going to be. It could be one of those surfaces where you, you go in and from first ball the test match it turns or slowly deteriorates. So you're not sure. So... I would actually would have gone in if it is turning with three spinners, and and it was unlucky that uh, I, I thought Travis Head could be the one um, left out. I, I know he's a bit of an X factor. I, lo- I love the way he plays, um, but over in the subcontinent, uh, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have played him in the first test if it's uh, a real big turner. Yeah, well, I, mm. I think you're forgetting that he bowls a fair fair bit of spin and quite well as well, Hads. But I, I know what it is, mate. I've worked it out. I've I've just had a look here, and he doesn't have the New South Wales Blues uh, bag as well. He's got the South Australian one. Well, you, you know what? You're exactly right. When we get our blues um, yes. one, we actually get a green one that goes with it. No, no, no doubt about that. <laughs> I, I remind every uh, uh, South Australian, if you want to play test cricket sooner, just come to New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hads, uh, Alex Carey. Now, this is a, a real test for any wicketkeeper touring India for the first time. Uh, in Test cricket, you know, what are some of the challenges he's going to face? And probably not just with the gloves on, but as a, a lower order batter when it's really starting to rag and reverse swing. Yeah, well, I think one thing, I think he's batting set up nicely. I think he's had an unbelievable 12 months starting from, from Pakistan with, with the with the bat. Um, the one thing I like about his batting now, he, he's playing, he's changing the tempo of the match. He, he's going out there, not looking to survive. He's He's looking to move the game forward, and he's actually put a real mark on that number seven spot for Australia. So it, the keeping's going to be a, a real challenge for him, but th- he, he's ready for this. Um, he, he's played near 20 test matches um, now. He, he's at, at the top of his game. He, I think he's keeping turned around in that Adelaide test match. Yep. Um, yep. He took a couple of really good, well, a big decision to go up the stumps to, to Michael Nessa. Took a great catch um, up the stumps, took the one-hander to, to finish a test match, and and think since then, his confidence has grown with the gloves. So I think he's going to have a really big tour. Um, and his role with the bat's going to be hugely important to change momentum. And, uh, Hads, I've got another one for you, slightly off uh, the beaten path here. But I, uh, I noticed that New South Wales cricket are still chasing a head coach for their state team. I was wondering whether you were throwing your hat in the ring, whether you're in the running. Mate, the last three coaches for New South Wales uh, made a under arm and balls for six-year-olds. Mate, they, sacked their, they sacked their last three coaches. Mate, mate, it's too good a lifestyle travelling around with you. So, uh, I mate, know. Mate, <laughs> mate if you ca- that, that's like the job you go to die at the moment. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely not be putting my name in. Oh, oh, Brad Haddon, thanks so much for your time, mate. You're a star and uh, always good to have you on. Always a pleasure. See you, boys. Good on uh, you, Hads. Brilliant. He's just, just gone from strength to strength, that man in the media oh, as well. He's killing Fergie. it. And, and Willow Talk's an absolute juggernaut, and, he, and he's a huge part of that. Uh, we've got Adam Peacock on board as well yep. now. That, that show's flying, but Brad Haddon is the everywhere man. He might be the Eddie Maguire of the cricket scene at the uh, moment. Look at him trying to deflect. Uh, right. Yeah, deflect. Imagine being stuck in Sydney coaching there. It rains every day, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Triple that's M. Right.
25 minutes away from 11 o'clock, 104.7 Triple M. This is Adelaide's Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cal Ferguson and Tomo here into a midday today. And coming up after 11 o'clock, Justin Langer, the former Australian cricket coach, yes. is going to join us. I'm looking forward to that. But right now, one triple three five three. join the conversation, family. What did you play through? What, what injury did you play through? You just kept on soldiering on because Novak this week, Fergie, you can't believe it. <laughs> oh, but a three-centimetre tear in the hamstring and he won his 10th Australian Open. I've seen replays of him stretching, like almost doing the splits whilst playing with a three-centimetre tear in his hamstring, trying to reach a ball at full pace. I mean, I'm just not buying it. I can't have it. Why can't you have it? I've tried to run around in a game. I was a wheelie bin playing for Worcester with a hamstring tear that was only about a centimetre long. Oh, it's, it's really just... funny. It's really funny. It feels like Novak, because of who he is, he gets this media attention and people just do not believe him. But yep. no one questioned Stephen May like two years ago when he had the same thing and played in an AFL grand final. No, that's true. Yeah, but he wasn't chasing balls down full tilt. He was Stephen. running full like he was, tilt in a, a grand final. Yeah, grand you final. You can't, you can't be tilt. off. Can't, cannot be off. Hey, Certainly, you reckon he was, he was running full tilt with a hamstring tear. It, it was game you, on. It was game on in the first half. He was there positioning is, himself nicely. He's a bit like Dustin <laughs> Dustin Fletcher. He used to just do bugger all running, but just always be there for the spoil. Yeah. Feels like I don't know. Have you it, tried to run around with a hammy tear? Yeah, I can't do it. I didn't. I didn't run fast <laughs> enough with being over this. But for I, I think it did come out. Didn't he tear it a few weeks ago? And it was sort of. Yeah, was sort of on the mend. It was uh, like he had the strapping on and whatever, yeah. and they reckon a lot of it was a bit of a, a faking of the injury. But you're right, though. Like, uh, Maxie, Mac, it was Maxie Holmes so the Cats, wasn't it, uh, Rocky? He did it yeah. in the prelim, and he was he was moving at the um, at the skipper's run as well and just didn't quite get up for selection. Yeah. The other one's Nigel Lappin, oh. um, grand final. My Eve God. of the grand final, put through the fitness test. That is... Didn't re- didn't realise, broke his ribs and punched yep. his lung. Well, didn't and, and played. Wasn't yeah. it Lethal Matthews that punched his That's lung? That's it. Yeah. No, no, he made him do the fitness test, and the guy that was taking him through the fitness test, <laughs> if Nigel didn't play, he was going to go into the team mm. and play. So he, he put him through his pace. Well, Jason Ackerman sort sort of be a good idea to, to drop it on live radio. <laughs> That's it. Oh, everyone, oh, everyone knows, don't they? Everyone across that. Oh, lap, lap. Yeah. It's under the weather. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah. Great team play, that one. Oh, brilliant. Oh, the Dermy Burton one's an absolute corker oh, as a, well. That's a beauty. Oh, you Gee get, that was a bad hit, that. You get lined up there in the 89 grand final, sneak forward and uh, a couple of sausage rolls. Looked in that's genuine it. pain as well, didn't oh, he, yeah. uh, Piggy? Oh, yes, yes. But went on. But we've seen it last year as well, local footy. We've seen Tomo. What? Berg, he could oh, barely yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah. He, couldn't, he could not walk in fractured leg. Saturday morning, then he gets up and plays in, in the finals and stars. You're pretty you're much a bit, carried them over You filthed up about that, Rock. Oh, I still am. Yeah, yeah. yeah robberies in sport. Don't I'm know not about, sure if we're doing that. But don't, <laughs> don't, know, don't know about stole, 13, stole. 13 touches and no goals really killing it, Rock. <laughs> I think we'll just have to put those couple of games behind yeah. me. But what we want to know on 13353, what did you play through, mm. okay? Whether it's local footy or you worked through something yeah. as well, this is what we're after. 13353, what did you play through? What did you get through? What was the injury? And uh, we've got a hell of a prize to give Ooh, away yes. as well. Cannot wait for this. Two Samba Fire and Barbecue prize packs, uh, Fergie. They've done it again. Samba, they just keep getting the job done. They are the best in the business. Get on board. Win yourself a prize. Yep. They are the experts in fire and barbecue. Make sure your next fire and barbecue is an unforgettable one. Visit sambafireandbarbecue.com.au. 133353. What did you play through? We'll get to your calls next.
Seven eight minutes away from eleven o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. Always great to have your company. The oh, Dead yeah. Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom and There's been another prank played. Can you believe it? Here at Triple M, Mark Rusciuto <laughs> has another victim. He has. We're going to give you all the details at eleven o'clock this morning. Make sure you stay tuned for that. It is superb. Now one triple three five three. What did you play through? Is the question we're asking, Fergus? Because Novak Djokovic tenth Oz Open, mate. With a torn hammy. What a player he's been. But to suggest that he's played through a three-centimetre <laughs> oh, tear on, in his hamstring rock. Come on, you blokes. I'm not having it seriously. Ferg's that... just happy he's, a, he's, not a, uh, he's just not happy that he's an anti-vaxxer. Oh, That's what it is. Nah, yeah, no, so... no. Look, each to their own rock. I've always said that. But what I will say is, if it was recovering and he got to the two-week point and he was, you know, started the tournament, you know, he was pretty well over it. Um, for the most part. We all know hamstrings generally, with any sort of tear, it's three weeks, right? Yep, but yep. I could wear two weeks in at the start of the tournament. He had to battle through for the tournament. But stretching, full putt, full tilt he was, mm. chasing balls down both sides of the court. That's the word. I, just, I, can't un- I can't understand it. There was a picture of him chasing down a wide forehand <laughs> in almost the splits position. Yeah. Now, how do you do that? Like, I couldn't even get into a jog half the time when I when I tried to play with a hammy. Rocky, one of your favourite moments, Nigel Lappin before, was it the 02 or 03 grand final? Yeah, one of those grand finals in the uh, golden era of, of the Brisbane Lions. He uh, had to do the fitness test the night before. I think he broke his ribs in the lead-up, in the prelim. Yeah, incredible. And then uh, Akimanis went and told everyone that week. So he had to do a fitness test the night before the grand final, punched his lung, and got out there and played. Incredible stuff. Played three. Okay, one, tri- one triple three, five, three. What did you play through as we go out to a Leebrook? We got Chantel. What happened, Chantel? Uh, well, I was training for Melbourne Marathon, and a week before the marathon, I ruptured my hamstring. Ruptured? Uh, ruptured it, six centimetre drop, tore it off the pelvis, oh. and uh, there were a few tears, and then I thought, what the hell, I'm going to go over, and I did the half marathon with it ruptured. You what? are kidding me, Chantel. Obviously, weren't dominating the, the pace time-wise, but no, you got through. it was... Was definitely my slowest half marathon, but I did it. Well done, That's incredible. Still Fantastic. have Rocky covered as well. Just <laughs> <laughs> well done, Chantel. Who, we, is... who we got there, uh, Fergus? Nathan out at Andrew's farm. Now, Nathan, you've uh, your son had a bit of a, an issue with his arm at one point. Actually, we'll just move out. He's just dropped off there. We'll go to uh, Gavin at Glenelg. G'day, Gav. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. What'd you play through, bro? Um. Well, as a lacrosse player, it's pretty common to, to play through things like broken wrists and you cast it and cut holes in your glove and stuff right. like that and, yep. and play with it. But the probably the most uncomfortable one, unfortunately, as a skin cancer sufferer, I've had to um, have uh, a number of treatments on my face, which involves trying to kill off all the squamous cell and basal cell carcinomas. And Ooh. after being uh, isolated the first time for like 72 hours in total darkness, the second time then I had the... Next set of treatment, I thought, bugger it, I'm not going to miss another game. So, um, yeah, actually had a Burns mask on underneath my helmet um, oh, yeah. and my opposition sentiment was, a, uh, you know, we, there's a bit of banter going on and I was a, a you know, a bank robber and a, and a ski mask guy and whatever else <laughs> in the process. And, yeah, at the end of the game when we went to shake hands, pop the helmet off and then the Burns mask came off it and so did most of my face as well. Um, oh. Which was no, not all that yeah. pleasant for everybody else involved, but um, yeah, it's just a yeah. As I said, um, yeah, pretty standard sort of stuff, I guess. Wow, so, mate, that Gav, is gutsy. Did we win? 
Uh, I can't remember to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, you can't be put, you can't be putting yourself through that for a loss. For nah, let's say you got to win. <laughs> <laughs> Never get the, the truth get in the way there, mate. Who we got, Fergus? Yeah, now we got Nathan back. Now, mate, uh, your five year old son had an issue with his arm. Yeah, he broke his arm um, over an exercise ball. But how? Oh. Um, well, he was at the back with his little brother, and he was rolling around on it. He came in saying. Um, something bit him, so I checked his arm, and his arm was flopping around. Oh, nice! And yeah, so we were talking to the women's and children. Long story short, short on this, he did it on the Monday. On the Saturday, he was back racing his um, race bike, and the next day, he was playing footy. Oh, Gee, weird. He's a bit of a goer there, Nate. Yeah, he's a little hard nut. And Nothing then told six him, weeks mate. later, he got out of the cast. 12 hours later, he rebroke it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I love oh, that, no. All right, let's head out to Mick from Henley Beach. Mick, How you going, guys? Mick what How you did going, you play guys? through? Um, well, it's twice. Um, the 86 Melbourne Hobart Yacht Race, halfway down the uh, west coast of Tasmania, I broke my elbow. Oh. Uh, a winch exploded and, and the handle smacked me in the elbow. And then um, we finished the race. I had the steer f- for about 10 hours oh, um, with a broken elbow. Oh, and mate. then 94 Hobart race, Sydney to Hobart race, uh, going across Storm Bay. We lost a couple of halides at the top of the mast. So I chucked and chucked on the bosun's chair and went up to retrieve them, got halfway up. And we hit a bad wave, and I got swung out and smacked back into the mast and broke four ribs. Holy hell, man. So I spent the rest of the race uh, in in between two sailbags and the bottom of the boat. Wow. Gee, mate. How long were you down there for? Uh, Probably about 10 hours before they... Before we finished and got to the dock, and I went to the hospital and found out I had four four broken ribs. Bloody hell, mate. No. Oh Gutsy my God. stuff, Mick. Yep, love, love it, Mick. Thanks so much for the everyone's calls there. That was brilliant. I'm yep. having none of that. Broken elbow <laughs> and broken ribs. No, thank you. <laughs> wow, incredible. Uh, now, Rocky, next, we want to discuss the state of South Australian cricket, where we're mm. at, what's going on with our representative teams here, because we started the BBL on absolute fire, and then we just fell off a cliff. Yes. Where are we at? Yep. Where are we at? We're going to do it next here at 104.7 Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom Home. Seven minutes away from 11 o'clock. This is the Dead Set Legends, 104.7 Triple M. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom are here until midday today. And the text line's always open as well, 04885-1047. We were just talking about injuries that you played through. Novak Djokovic played through uh, a three-centimetre tear of the hamstring, won his 10th Australian Open. Texas come through here, boys. Uh, played C-grade, played the game out after breaking and dislocating my thumb. No one was on the bench. I was tackling one-handed, got two holding the balls, couple of goals, and, uh, <laughs> and he went back to work as a roofer, which is just quite extraordinary. <laughs> He's outstanding. One of the great efforts. <laughs> Tough as nails. Oh, Isn't that's he brilliant. Just... No, I love that. Now, we're talking about the state of South Australian uh, cricket. Rocky, you wanted to bring this up, mate? Yeah, well, I think it's a, a valid point. Where, where are we at with South Australian cricket at the moment? I think we've got some superstars in, in the Australian team at the moment, in Travis Head and Alex Carey. I think they've done outstanding jobs. We've got some good talent coming through, but you look back and you look at the trophy cabinet, and it's pretty empty. Um, you go, th- you go back to the Sheffield Shield '96. Yep. Last time we won that, uh, the BBL was seventeen eighteen. Was the one time that we've won that. Yep. And then we didn't play finals this year, bundled out, and then the One Day Cup. 
2011-12 season was the last time we won that. So mm. I think it's it's been a, a long, dry spell. Is it time that we mix it up, change things around? What's going on down there, Ferg, in your opinion? How, how can we get some silverware back in those cupboards? I know that in the one-day cup, we're sitting second at the moment, so we win one of the last two. We're potentially playing in the final there. But what's got to change? Because it's been nearing 30 years since we won a Shield final. No, it's a fair enough question, I reckon, Rock, and a lot of the South Australian fans out there would be asking similar questions. Look, I, I believe they're on the right track. I really do. I think the last 12, 18 months, um, they've been able to uh, put in place a really good program um, with some great coaching staff around them. And to be honest, I reckon they've had some great coaching staff for a period of time. The facilities are fantastic. But I think one thing they're doing really well at the moment is they're recruiting well. Okay. And that's something they actually stopped doing um, around about the time we, we played in two Shield finals in two years against the Vicks. We hosted one here at Glenelg. That's right. Um, it was probably a year before that or around that time we actually stopped recruiting. Um, and I think Henry Hunt might have and Liam Scott were two that we did recruit uh, one preseason um, who were young players who were untried at um, first-class level. And at an age where I feel like you recruit them and, and they become South Australians. They feel like they're South Australian um, as they work their way through the system. So um, around that time, they stopped recruiting. Then there was about a six-year period where we just went stone cold and we said we were just going to focus on local talent. Now, that was a huge issue, I think, for a number of reasons. Um, none more than the fact that we've got such a small population here compared to you know, Victoria, mm. New South Wales, and even they're recruiting year on year just because they want to maximise their chances. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, I think we're becoming like a, a laughing stock, though. We talk about the Redbacks, and I heard an interview of Matt Short was on with the Rush Hour in Melbourne, and, you know, he said a comment that, you know, he, he looks forward to playing the Redbacks. You know, mm. I just hate hearing that stuff. Yep. And, the, and the last thing with... The Spencer Johnson issue is just extraordinary how this yep. has happened. And I said to you off air, Ferg, this mm. is just typical Redbacks. It's, yeah, it's, it frustrates me um, at times because I feel like sometimes we, we get into a bad habit of pigeonholing players. Mm. He was a young player who had a number of injuries, a lot of injuries. And he actually had a, he injured himself playing in his debut one-day game at North Sydney Oval against the Vicks where he actually bowled his last six overs injured with a, a fracture in a bone in his ankle, yeah. kept trucking, helped bowl us to a victory, then didn't play. Well, it wasn't physically capable of playing more than a couple of club games a year for the next three years. And he's been fit for the last two years. And I'd suggest, it, well, not suggest, oh, I'm really disappointed he hasn't seen more action, particularly in the one-day format. Yep. So, look, I, I think what we have seen in the last couple of years is really um, smart and um, clever recruiting of players that have a long career still ahead of them. They're elite talent, guys like Brendan Doggett, Nathan McAndrew, yep. um, guys that have played roles in very strong and successful teams, um, Nathan more so in the one-day format and at the Sydney Thunder, but Brendan Doggett coming out of a, a Shield-winning team, recruiting him across, bringing good quality individuals. Ben Menenzi is another one who's yeah. come from New South Wales and Tasmania recently, who has been probably our player of the season so far, comes in really competitive um, character. They're, that, they're the sort of um, recruits that I'm talking about here, guys that can make a difference. I, th I think you, you make a strong point there as well. Sometimes it feels like they're not doing it well, so they focus on local talent for six years, then they focus on recruiting. And, and the Spencer Johnson one is a perfect example yep. because – 
Um, the noise up in Queensland is that um, now that he's played the BBL here, they're making a strong, strong push to try and sign him at the Queensland Bulls. Um, I've heard that them hunting him. Um, I know Andy Bickle is a massive, massive fan of him. He's talking about taking him over to the over to India as a net bowler for the IPL. And there's a, a little bit of noise that uh, Spencer might sign with the Queensland Bulls moving mm. forward. Yeah, kills. look, and I'm hearing similar whispers, Rock. I, I reckon um, you know that wouldn't be a surprise to anyone in the know um, because he is such a an elite talent, and he's a guy that brings skill sets that aren't all that common. He's yeah. tall. Six foot eighteen, built like a brick outhouse, yeah. and bowls one fifty, swinging it back into the right hander. I mean, where do you find those guys? And they would be thinking, how good would that sort of asset be at the Gabber on a fast bouncy one with a binner? Mm. I mean, that you cannot blame them. So watch this space. But I do feel like the Redbacks are on the right track. They're recruiting smart, and they're starting to build a bit of confidence. The one day comp, they're second in it. Haven't got off to the greatest start in the Shield, but what I'm seeing is a depth of talent pool, mm-hmm. and that is what you need. And they've got guys, if they lose lose a guy to injury with the ball, they've got players now ready to go and ready to compete. Yep. Watch this space. Justin Langer joins us in 10. Ah, 11 o'clock family. Hello to you. This is the Dead Set Legends. Great to have your company. Always Adelaide. Uh, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. Not that far away from getting JL oh, Justin yes. Langer on the line. How good's that? Yeah, brilliant. Get. We've got uh, we've got a bit of a, a story for him to tell too yes. about that run-in with a few uh, people trying to ransack Margaret Court's house just up the road from JL and he, inter- he intervened. Yeah, well, Rocky, we're hearing that he's not someone you want to mess with. Well, I, I, he said the running. I thought he was going to say the Australian bowling outfit. Oh, right. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm oh, sorry. You were referring to uh, the robbery at Margaret, Margaret Court's house. Yeah. yeah well, you right. wouldn't want to run into JL and you wouldn't be, want to be on the wrong side of him because he's yeah. a black belt in martial arts. Mm. So uh, we might talk a bit about that with him as well. Yeah, we'll get to him very, very shortly. Now, um, the Rush Hour boys, uh, mm-hmm. they've been back at it for 2023. <laughs> And uh, Rupert, oh, Mark Rusciuto, yes. he's, he's found Bernie. He's got him right in the crosshairs with a little bit of a prank. But now, it is a very, very tough man to get because we always clip the rush hour and they always clip us. Don't worry about yep. that. But when we have a crack at the rush hour, we can only get two of the three. Well, it's not that easy to find anything on Bernie. He's a pretty no. sharp operator, Bernard, but he, is. Uh, he just left himself a bit open the other day. Well, the stuff that falls in our lap all the time, you know, from Andrew Jarman. Invest in your future and lifestyle and live glasses and contact. Is it, is it, is it live or live? Tell me what it is. Is it live? Don't shout. You know, that's daily occurrence that stuff. Yeah, you know, you get that every day. And then yep. you get bluey at least once a week. Led Zeppelin, Friday, Feb 3, Inks, Friday, Feb 10. <laughs> Inks, it's in excess, you twig. Inks! What is that? But Bernard, we just cannot get, okay? He's just, he's, he's too... Swift. He's savvy. He's crafty. The yeah. only thing that struggled was that sportsman's night that bloody Rock and him were going to host, and I had nothing to do with it. Oh, no. They sold 10 tickets. It was 10 t- It was embarrassing. I had nothing to do with that, Rock. <laughs> it's fantastic. I've been listening to the Rush Hour, and I tell you what, I didn't realise that Andrew Jarman was a full-time 
um, coach oh. and a part-time radio personality. They throw to him now, and he, he doesn't even know. He's got his head in his phone trying <laughs> oh, to organise training at Nulunga. He's printing out who, his game-style book. Uh, who are going to fail again. <laughs> no, no. He's just, he doesn't know how to win, Andrew Jones. <laughs> no, hang on, the cockle divers are looking good. <laughs> That's they it. They're, up. Up. they're going Fries all right. He's involved. Don't worry about that down set. Anyway, so we can never pick anything up from uh, Bernie, but one man can, and that's Rupert. Mm-hmm. Mark Rusciuto's got him. Don't he worry about that. Yeah, this was unbelievable. So what's happened is he's organised, uh, organised someone over in Perth, Triple M Perth, to ring ring Bernie and act like he, they're part of. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Here's a little uh, part of the part of the prank. Now I, I hear, I actually hear a swirling rumour or two. You're not too shy about the kit coming. Up. Is that correct? <laughs> The kid. Oh, well, yeah, I am the next day. The, the night, the night I do it, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> He's played that with a pretty straight bat, and here's yeah. a, here's another one. Another. I mean, this is it's a little bit confronting, but um, you know, it feels a little weird to ask you. But like, um, so far as physically, how are you sitting at the moment? Because obviously, I mean, let's face it, people are watching you and looking. You know, you might just be in a pair of shorts or something. You know, yeah. are you, are you uh, looking all right at the moment? No, my dad bod's going <laughs> pretty well, so. Listen. Uh, well, I could ch- probably try and sharpen it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that full prank I'll is on. It's on listener right now. <laughs> what as are well, your thoughts you on that, Rock? You know about dad bods. <laughs> well, I'm in shape. <laughs> Oh, no, man. it's um, uh, fantastic to finally get Bernie Vince in, in some format. So jump on the listener app or, or listen to Rue Dits and Lods on Monday morning to hear the f- prank in full. Yeah, that's it. You can get it now, listener app. Search Lou, uh, Rue Litz and Dots. Oh, no. Go again. Oh, oh, no. I gotta go. Now it's me. Oh, no. You got the, you got the stiff whip. Oh, no. Catch the Germans. Oh, it was, it was going so well. The full thing's on, listener. Oh, that's going to kill me for years. Triple M. Gunners dominated Adelaide last year. How good. 17 minutes past 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning. The dead set legends, Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. And uh, an absolute thrill to welcome this man to the show. 23 tonnes to his name. Test batting average of 45, if you don't mind. The former Australian cricket coach now dominating with Channel 7. JL joins us. Justin, good morning. G'day, gents. I'm not sure about you guys, but... Guns and Roses. I was sitting here in Perth. I felt like I was doing the air guitar. How good a song oh, that is. Unbelievable, JL. I could see Ferg there. I could see Ferg there rocking it. He'd be, you know, oh. thinking he's by the Axel Rose. Like, Out of my great. chair, JL. Don't worry about that. What a great way to start the morning. How good. Brilliant. Uh, brilliant, mate. Hey, JL, massive final tonight, mate. You know this place like the back of your hand over there in, in the West. Uh, can the Scorchers get it done? The Heat are on a real run. Yeah, look, probably the Scorchers should win, but I'm a bit nervous about the Heat. They've got a very good fast bowling attack. Um, usually wickets in, in WA early have a big impact on the game. So I think it's going to be a great game. What I do know is it's a bit like the Adelaide Test match. The whole of the state embraces the Perth Scorchers, so it's sold out. So it'll be 50,000 people at Optus. It was great fun last week. Ferg, as you know, in the semi final, but this is going to be a big game tonight. JL, you've obviously experienced uh, Optus Stadium when it's at full capacity, whether it's as a board member of the West Coast Eagles or with the Scorchers. Mate, just describe the atmosphere at that joint. Oh, it's honestly amazing. I remember watching a um, 
couple of years ago, West Coast beat uh, Collingwood in the last, I don't know, 15 seconds to get through the final. And it was literally like a Boeing jet going off. I've <laughs> never, ever, ever heard noise like it. So, yeah, the the Perth crowd loves the Scorch. And it's been great. Even back in the day playing at the Wacker, there's only 20,000. Every game was packed out and it's just magic. So it's great for cricket. It's great for Big Bash cricket and uh, should be a lot of fun tonight. Now, JL, we uh, we heard you were involved in a little incident over there in Perth uh, recently. Margaret Court's house was uh, was broken into, and you were the first responder. I'm saying it's uh, very lucky that it wasn't the Australian bowling attack there, because uh, you might have cleaned a few of them up. But did you he- end up headlocking the uh, headlocking the bloke as he was uh, trying to rob her house? Mate, he was he was built like Taylor Walker, mate. I'm not... <laughs> What, he had a big ear? I'm a little fella, like... (laughs) It was really weird. You know, you have those those nightmares when you're growing up and someone's breaking into your house and you're trying to scream and nothing comes out. (laughs) It was was 8 o'clock at night. It was the most bizarre thing. And my next-door neighbour, Justin, Justin, quick, quick, Justin. And and I've literally got the best... No, he's the biggest bogan, richest bogan in the world, Richie. But he came, mate, Justin, Justin, mate, what's going on, Richie? He goes, mate, they're, caught, they're breaking into Mrs. Court's house. I said, oh, Christ. And it was like 8 o'clock. I had a pair of shorts. I was about to go to bed, like 8 o'clock for me getting late these days. So I walked down there, and honestly, and there's these this dude, and we're going, and my heart's going 160 beats a minute. I'm going, what is going on? Anyway, this dude opens the door, and we're talking to Margaret. She, we've been neighbours for 25 years. She's talking. I saw something. Mate, what's happening? And this dude, seriously, Opens the front door, walks out, and my mate, my bogan's going, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> and this dude, this dude built like Taylor, mate, monster, he walks out, he goes, not a word, just shrugged his shoulders, oh, just, just walked off. I couldn't believe it. Then there's, then there's, within two minutes, there's helicopters, there's coppers, mate, it's bloody brilliant. So anyway, so these guys, you know, it's really sad to see how brazen they are these days. We yeah. see it a lot all around Australia, but it was just like, man, they'd walk in, ransack the house, try and get what they do, and then move on. It's really sad, actually. Day job. It's actually incredible, Jail. So let run us through it. So was was Margaret watching um, security cameras or something on her yeah, phone? She was, a, she was in a place called... Um, uh, Mandra, which I guess is a bit like being in Victor Harbour. Yeah, so okay. she was down there and she's down and the doorbell, you know, they've got these door cameras or whatever. So, and that's how it all happened. So but the police were brilliant. They, they apprehended these two guys. I'd love to tell you, you know, I tackled them and pulled them down like in Home and Away and put, you know, they put the hands <laughs> on and, you know, and that, you know, an arrest, but that didn't happen. This dude was big and I'm just, I'm just <laughs> You know, and you think about, you hear all about the stories of blokes being on meth these days. Oh, yeah. That's it. I just, again, move on, son. No worries. I was like the security guy going, yeah, on you go, on you go. Nothing to see here. Didn't even ask him for a ticket. I just said, on you go, no worries. But, yeah, but lucky lucky they got apprehended. Yeah, brilliant. Love that, J.O. Hey, uh, time to just straighten up uh, slightly. How do you see this uh, Test Map series going ahead in India, mate? It's a fascinating watch from abroad. Well, I said uh, five years ago when I took on the Aussie job, I'll, I'll know how we've gone with if we beat India in India. Right. Yep. That was four years ago because it's the biggest, the Mount Everest of tours. Yep. I know that sounds like a bit of a cliche, but it was certainly the biggest thing I did in cricket was in 2004 finally beat India in India because it's so hard. But I reckon this current Australian team with the experiences that's, that's built up, if 
it just reminds me so much of the 2014 when we went there. You know, a great bowling attack. Some guys who are in good nick. You've got some senior senior pros up the top. Uh, you've got Manus and Smith who are both averaging 60 in test cricket. So if ever they're going to have a chance, this is it. They'll be pumped for it. Um, and it should be fascinating to watch. And then, of course, the Ashes in the middle of the year. It's mm. another great lot of cricket coming mm. you know, in, the, in the winter. So it's going to be a lot of fun. JL, this is not a not a question. This is just more of a comment, mate. I would have loved to be coached by you. The, the hard edge that you uh, had, and uh, you, you tell it straight down the line. So it's a credit to you, and hopefully Australia can go over there and beat India. And it's a credit to you where they sit now. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a great, interesting four years. Great four years, and uh, now I'm really enjoying becoming a, a copper and just falling these robberies. It's great fun. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. And J- JL, just quickly, uh, one of our uh, one of our colleagues at Triple M, he uh, he works with you quite regularly in the test coverage with Channel Seven. Greg Blewett. Now we've we've got a little bit of audio. We just want to know whether you feel the same way about him now as you did at the start of the summer. Righto. Seriously, he is a first class knob. <laughs> Greg Blewett, what do you think about him now? Uh, the same. Like I was, I, was with, I, was, I was with Brayshaw who came to my house for dinner last night, drank all my good good red, so he's a knob as well. So, seriously, I know, Ferg, Ferg you're yeah. one of the good blokes at Triple M, mate. Like, seriously, I think about Blewett, Brayshaw, first-class knobs, because they, and I've got to get that in, because I know every time they talk, Brayshaw calls me a bloody, I don't know how he gets away with the stuff he talks about me on air. I literally, in this day and age of political correctness, it's impossible for Brayshaw to get away with what he does. <laughs> and Bluey, like, seriously, Bluey. I've never met a bloke who loves his job more than Bluey. So you guys obviously paying him too much in there. Seriously, oh, fix it up. Brilliant. JL, you're a star, mate. And before we let you go, the New Year's test is coming Adelaide, yeah? Oh, yeah, good try. Everything I say, everything that I come word that comes out of my mouth is a headline now. I am saying not a single word. You're a star, a mate. Play. You're a star. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks so much uh, for your time on the Dead Set Legends. Pleasure, guys. Take care. Thanks, Thank Dale. you, mate. Cheers. What a star. We nearly got him, boys. <laughs> well done, Tommy. Smart. I like it. Triple A. Cagey. 29 minutes past 11 o'clock, the Dead Set Legends, 104.7 Triple M. And how good it was to have Justin Langer on the uh, on the phone right there. What a star he is. Oh, absolute legend of Australian cricket. What a record he's got as a coach as yep. well across both the, the Scorchers, WA cricket and, uh, and Australian cricket. He's just been an absolute star wherever he's gone at any stage of his career, coaching or playing. Yeah, and geez, that was a good laugh too. Oh, was, that was brilliant. He was pretty up and about, wasn't he? It was yeah. great. He was fantastic. And uh, you were just saying as well off air then that he's, um, you know, it probably got lost a little bit his sense of humour in the in the coaching gig of Australia. Yeah, I think towards the back end, everything was so contentious around his position and and whether he was going or staying, and the six month deal he got offered at the end. I, I think. We just didn't see that side of him as often as I would have loved to have seen because uh, you, you did see it as a, um, as a player when, when he was an assistant coach and I didn't play under him as, as head coach, yep. but certainly whenever I saw him around the place, it was always that style of, of chat and banter and I'm just glad that we got to see it firsthand and the Triple M listeners here got to listen to it. And Rock, you said to him you'd, you'd love to be coached by him, yeah? Well, I think so. He's straight down the line um, from what we've seen from the outside. We know that a lot of things get edited in and out of those documentaries and, and whatnot. But I think uh, you, you all you want from your coach at the end of the day is a straight answer. Yep. I think yep. as, as a professional sportsman, 
you just want to be hit between the eyes. Well, I certainly did. Yep. Maybe it's changing a little bit. You, you just want to know mm. where you stand, what you can do to improve, what you can do to make the team win. And and, and for me, from an outside looking in at Justin Langer, he was willing to do that and tell him. There was no buttering up. He wasn't soft about it. He just went, bang, this is a situation. This is where we live. He, he, he deals in facts. Yeah. And, yep. and that's all you want as a player. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He didn't beat around the bush when he told us where he stood with Brayshaw and blew it. Yeah, yeah, spot on. That full chat will be on the listener app as well, L-A-S-T. And, uh, but, boys, I want to move into some – Sporting robberies right now because something happened to our man, Triple M's very own, Travis Head over the summer. Okay, this is, well, I did predict this back in September. Travis Head will be player of the series. Oh, yeah. You like Love that? Love it. You like that? Yes. Completely robbed, in my opinion. It was Couldn't da- agree more. Davey Warner got the player of the series in the South African tour, yeah. which is astonishing, really, because well, they were is. talking about him being dropped. Yes, he made 200 runs. I mean, yep. t- totally understand that. But it was about 213 or 215 runs with a double hundred involved. Yep. And Hetty, what about at the Gabba? Oh. When he was made, he was batting on a completely different wicket. Oh. Everyone else was batting. Well, there was gum nuts four the foot wicket, in front of him. The wicket was exploding every That's... time the ball hit it. And the, the other thing is, you know, how many times did Hetty have a game-changing performance? 100%. So it wasn't, it wasn't just one performance it was a number that changed the direction of the game rock exactly that's the thing and people said oh david warner won it because it was the best performance of the summer well no. in my opinion it wasn't no. yes it was 200 um usman kawaja should have made 200 in the sydney test it was taken away from him because mm. it rains there every day but travis head's knock was the best knock of the summer for, m- for mine because <laughs> at the gabba no one could score and he went out there and just took the game completely away from the opposition and made it Australia's game. Well, the game was done in what two two days was it or two, two or days? Two, yeah, two it was days, two, yeah. Days. two days. Yeah, and he's he's gone out there and wandered ninety, which yep. is well, inc- oh, well, was an incredible. Last time, the last time someone dominated the gabber like that was back when I used to play. Oh, oh God, God. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> how many times? What are we dealing? With? How many times? <laughs> it's the first show of the year. Is it back there when I used to have forty every well, second? I, I, yeah. I looked down at the oh. calendar. We're in. Early February. We're going to we, put we up with this shit be, all year. We shouldn't be shocked that he's raised it again. <laughs> no. Unbelievable. And, and not just it's the great. first show of the year. <laughs> yeah. But this would be the third time during the first show of the year. Yeah. I mean, we got we, we, we got 27 minutes left of this show and it can't come quick enough. <laughs> 18 away from midday. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cal Ferguson, and Tom are here until midday today. And we're opening up the phones right now, boys, on 13353. Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? Because something's come out in the Absolutely. press, which is just astonishing. And I know you it's got your goat right up, Cal Ferg. Oh, I'm filthy. I just I'll tell you what, our premier <laughs> just continues to stand up on the national stage in front of the media and just continually put a class act up in front of everyone. Yep. Dominic Perrottet <laughs> continues to put up ass. I'm telling you, like, honestly, it, it is disgraceful the way that he, he knows they're in trouble in Sydney. Yep. He knows that Sydney test is in a world of hurt. And all he does is come out and just start shooting his mouth off yeah. in a really, I'll tell you what it is. It's classless. Yep. Instead of actually dealing with the issue itself. The Adelaide test is an iconic test now, and the Sydney test has been, uh, but there's serious issues around the amount of cricket being missed. Mm. They've lost 26 days of test cricket yeah. 
to what like completely washed out yeah. days of cricket. That's yeah. not even the days that they have half a day washed That's out. That's right. Yep. Because every time there's less than fifteen overs a day played, they lose money on ticket sales. They've got to refund all the tickets, and hospitality has to right? be refunded. Yeah. Yep. So Cricket Australia lose money. So that's coming straight out of the game. That's being That money's being lost to grassroots. So he can joke all he wants. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, and it may not be an, astro- an astronomical number when it comes to dollars, but it's enough. And this guy's making a joke out of it. It's just classless in my eyes. Well, here's what he had to say. A, f- a five-day washed-out test in Sydney is much better than a five-day test in Adelaide. <laughs> um, I mean, why? Because at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at the end of it, you spent five days in Adelaide. I would just focus on Spit getting your out, words mate. out, mate. All right. Because at the end of it, you spent at the at the at the end of it. That's all, folks. <laughs> He's a long way off it, I reckon. Oh, just get it together, would you, mate? He's Seriously. a long way off it. And what are we dealing with? And what's his next costume going to be, Rock? <laughs> oh, yeah, him, him and Prince Harry are uh, in conversation at the moment on what they're going to wear. Oh, <laughs> Fair oh, what, what's your thoughts, Rock, anyway? Well, I think there's a point to it that um, Adelaide can certainly take it over. The, the things that I would say about the Adelaide test is it either stays where it is now because it's a great time slot and, and it works really well or it becomes the New Year's test. Yep. I think if there's talk about being the fifth or the last test in, in the middle of January, it's lost. You don't want a dead rubber at Adelaide Oval. No. Adelaide Oval's created this environment um, out the back. It, it's a fantastic day of cricket, day-night test. It just works so well. And, and if you want to change it, I'm not sure whether the Sydney weather will actually help that. Um, always grew up as Sydney being the last test of the summer and it was always great. But they, there's something needs to change if it, it continues to rain the way it does. The thing is, like especially the summer here in Adelaide, it's mm. sort of really, we've, we've kicked off properly, proper weather was sort of post-Christmas, wasn't it? Like it yeah. wasn't, we didn't really get the nice balmy 38 degrees or, you know, and then it makes mm. it into a nice night, I should say. So yeah. if it does go early January, it suits us and it would actually suit, Sydney so much better if that was played earlier. Well, the fact of the matter is, this has been a poor summer from an Adelaide standard point of view, but it's still such a great That's summer. Right. And yeah. it's still so much better than Sydney's weather, and, and it's more predictable. So, look, I, it's a great test, the yep. Sydney test, no doubt about, about it. But the problem is we're just consistently frustrated with the weather. And if there is a way of potentially avoiding that, why aren't we looking at it? Yeah. Why wouldn't someone like Dominic Perrottet... <laughs> actually consider the fact that it might be for the best of Australian cricket. Yeah, that's it. But he's so worried about himself. Okay. Let's Such do a this. selfish outlook. Let's do Just this. Oh, one, one triple th- I've never seen him this lineup. One triple three, five, three. Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? Okay, let's have some fun with this because there's a whole heap going for a lot. We've got, you know, there's no tolls for one. We can actually yes. get, get around. And the rest of the country's with us. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's on our side here. They're, they're not winning this one in a poll. <laughs> let's get the family's involvement. One triple three five three. Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? Okay, why is Adelaide better than Sydney? One triple three five three. We'll take your calls next. Because at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at the end of it. You're at, how are you, Adelaide? Great to have your company once again, 10 minutes away from a midday. The Dead Set Legends here for the next 10 or so minutes. Uh, Tommy Rockcliffe, Cal Ferguson and Tomo. And we're opening up the phones on one triple three five three. <laughs> Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? Rock, what are you laughing at? You're not here at the moment, but we just saw Fergie go red, just having a real crack oh, at Dominic Perrottet. He's calmed down, mate. He's put his jumper back on. 
<laughs> he had steam coming out of everywhere. I thought his head was going to explode. Was, That's yeah, it. He, he's got a red shirt on. I'm not happy not. about it. I didn't know where the shirt started or stopped. It was it was confusing. I'm glad he's put a blue jumper well, on. Well, I think I reflect the South Australian public, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame me, surely. Well, yeah, I know, that's, but that's what I'm confused about. You had the red on, which is South Australian. Now you put the blue jumper on for, for the listeners out there. That's yeah, just New while South I was Welshman. giving him a clip. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I just had to take the blue off. And I'll tell you what else is blue is the veins sticking out your head. Yeah, God. that's right. <laughs> Bursting. They are popping out of my forehead. <laughs> One triple three five three is the number. Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? This has happened because uh, Dominic Paraday over there in New South Wales. Well, he dropped this. A, a, a five-day washed-out test in Sydney is much better than a five-day test in Adelaide. <laughs> um, I mean, why? Because uh, at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at, at the end of it, you spent five days in Adelaide. Cheap laugh. He tried hard, didn't he? Yeah, we'll have a listen. Because at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at, at the end of it. You're at... Oh, no. Yeah, most of us had switched off by then, but then <laughs> someone sent it to me, and I watched it again. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, like, he thinks that. Sydney's fantastic. You go down and you buy a coffee, it's $9.75 or yeah. something for a Yeah, that's coffee. great, isn't it, Rock? <laughs> that's it. And you have to walk there as well, obviously, because of the traffic's well, that ordinary. You can't park anywhere. No, that's right. Oh, this is incredible. Okay, let's do this. One triple three five three. Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? We've got Alex of Hallett Cove. Hello, brother. You have to walk there as well, obviously, because of the traffic. Oh, I think Alex has just got the uh, radio on in the background there. As we go to Lockleys, we've got Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hello. How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. Why has Adelaide got Sydney covered? Because it, it doesn't have Dominic Perrottet living in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it, you spent... I, at the, I reckon... At, at, the, at, at, at the end of it, you <laughs> Yeah, go on. I reckon we should send him a bottle of wine to South Australia and see if he'll resign over that, like <laughs> one of the previous premiers did. Yeah. Oh, don't like get that. political on this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, fantastic. Uh, we got Alex back. Uh, hello, Alex. Why is Adelaide better than Sydney? Well, mate, the air's pure here for a start. And uh, we're much cleaner here in Adelaide, I reckon. In Sydney, you want to buy a bloody cup of coffee or uh, you go to the Cookie Mart over in Sydney, <laughs> we're back oh, on love it. We're back on the oh, air right oh, now. Oh. We've just had to uh, to dump that right. <laughs> but, she was the first one of the year, first show, <laughs> yeah. first show, it. and we got the first f bomb, which is I just love, extraordinary. I love the passion, though, Alex. <laughs> I, I hope you're listening. Get, a, <laughs> get around South Australia. What have they got to offer up there? <laughs> yeah, God. The first show back. Like, <laughs> we're in February. We are known as the dump set legends. That is. That is <laughs> That is the passion our listeners have got. Yeah. Oh, my Ma- God. Make so- sure you uh, tune in to Lou, Ditz, and Roz on it. <laughs> Search Lou, uh, Rue, Litz, and Dot. <laughs> oh, quite extraordinary. No, no, no. So, uh, all right, boys, we're going to be out of here for a Saturday morning. We're just going to sneak off, and we might sneak off a little bit earlier as well, not go to any calls, because we are out of <laughs> we are out of delay. Would you believe it? Because the first dump has happened for 2023, <laughs> and it's just minutes before we sign That's off. That's how angry the Listeners in South Australia are oh, filthy, they're, they're, and it's because of this. Because at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at the end of it. You're at... Oh man, what's going on for the rest of the day for you, Fergal? No, I'm back with the kids at home, which will be great. Uh, enjoy the afternoon with them. Nice, quiet. It's nice to be home and settled in. It's been a big summer chasing the cricket ball around the country, so nice to be home. Uh, and you, Rock. Uh, I'm going to duck off to Wet n Wild, actually. Oh, the, oh uh, sorry about it. For, with the kids. Mm. Yeah, we uh, we uh, live not far away, so 10-minute oh, drive. Great. What about yeah. you, Tomo? 
What have I got on? Nah, not a lot. I might head to Bunnings and grab a couple of plants and do that in the garden, <laughs> yeah. I reckon. Why not? <laughs> That's where I'm at, Are mate. Are you surfing this surfing. weekend? A surfing. plants Ooh. and surfing. I've got a oh, yeah. uh, couple of big sets tomorrow. I'll give you the strong tip. <laughs> Tell you what, I might just go and scarify the lawn. There <laughs> yeah, you go. There I just, go. just feel like getting that smell of the, <laughs> That's it. of the grass just flying up at my face. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Uh, if you missed anything from the show as well, make sure you hit up that listener app. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the full chat with Justin Langer is on there. I still can't believe it. First show and there's an F-bomb. So. And, and, and who's coming up Monday morning too? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Come on. Wait, are we doing this again? Search Lou uh, Back from 6am. <laughs> what a nightmare. Triple what O. A show. See, you, Vince, See you, family. See you, family.